Welcome to PeopleTech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. My guest today is Brianna Rooney, the CEO of Thriversity and Talent Perch, and the founder of several other firms. Brianna says recruiting is in her DNA, so guess what we're going to talk about? Recruiting, recruiting in this economy, the Great Resignation, and more on this edition of People Tech. Hey, Brianna, it's nice to see you. So, what's your view of recruiting today? Where's where's the business? Uh, yikes! Uh, so, really interesting. Um, recruiting is getting slapped again, slapped pretty hard. I think all the talent teams are. We've seen that in all of the different layoffs. Talent teams are still the ones that are getting laid off first, unfortunately. I feel like uh, after COVID, they would have learned a little bit of what happened and and the the waves that things go through and how powerful your talent team can be. So recruiting right now is difficult. It's shifting between what it was, this crazy candidate-driven market, to now companies are having a little more power. But I think it's still in limbo, and there's a lot of fear throughout. And so I think the recruiters that will survive this wave um, are going to be the ones that actually have the human approach. So um, how did how did COVID impact the the business? I mean, was COVID a good thing or a bad thing for for recruiting? I actually think COVID ended up being a great thing for recruiting because it gave us some power back and power I don't think we had at all. Um, and that it actually put this like, you know, microscoped on hiring in general and who they realized they needed to have them get it get through. So then, of course, you know, recruiters were essentially overpaid. And I think that's we're now seeing a course correct in the industry and not just with recruiters, with engineers as well. I I recruit engineers, but all throughout, I think the playing fields, we're starting to see course corrections um, and we overhired. And so I think that once they laid everyone off after COVID and realized, oh, my gosh, there's a lot of industries that actually this is good for. Then they ferociously tried to get their recruiters back. And then it became, you know, this really awful show of what recruiters are good at and aren't good at. And then it became this disconnect between hiring managers and recruiters. Uh, While at the same time, it was really, 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 really great for recruiting, but they still didn't put in, I think, what I call the fire safes. Um, And that's why we're seeing layoffs again um, after, you know, it's it's like after COVID, COVID. It's like times two. Um, you know, you, you mentioned something about recruiters sort of getting control again, um, of c- control of the business. Can can you expand on that a little bit? I mean, what, what do you mean? Yeah, so I think that when they laid off all of their recruiters and then all of a sudden they realized, okay, now we actually are hirings back in tech. Now, uh, you know, there was a lot of companies that had a lot of reserves to hire because it was a really, really hard market. Um, and there was just, I mean, every candidate had like seven, eight offers, right? And then all of a sudden, like it dropped and candidates didn't have, um, had to kind of take the first offer and then it course correct. And then the talent teams are back. And then now they're showing, hey, this is how quickly we can hire. This is how much you need me. This is how much the hiring managers need us. See, see how hard it is. See how hard it is to navigate waters. See how hard it is to keep up with candidate experience. Um, as we saw that candidates are demanding more and more benefits, uh, better experiences, better DEI programs, 
the recruiters are the ones that put that in place. They're the ones that know what we're doing. And I think that's how we got our power back to show, look, you can't do this without us. We can talk about all day long that we're a people first you know, society, that we're people first company. Um, but that does start with recruiters and having that gap in talent. You will always have that gap, I think, with companies in general. And I think that's how we showed our power. That's how we showed why our industry is so big. And that, you know, as, as I, I know I've heard in my career, I don't know if you've heard, but someone's actually told me a monkey could do my job. So it's like a monkey cannot do our job. And I think that's how we got the power back. And it was really exciting to see. It was exciting to see recruiters, you know, um, getting these crazy different packages and stuff. But I will say, I don't know if you were thinking the same thing, but I was like, careful guys, you take over market there will be a course correction. Um, and sure enough, there was. So, you know, I, I think that we were just kind of excited, <laughs> excited to know like, oh, people actually care about us. Okay, great. You know, on, on your LinkedIn profile, you say that um, you want to change the way the world sees recruiting. So yeah, my question about that is how and why? Oh, okay. You just gave me the chill. So I think that a lot of people have always fallen into recruiting. Uh, as like, oh, it's like a cool sales sales job and you can make a lot of money doing it. Oh, wow. And actually it has impact on people. That's cool too. And so I think a lot of people, um, and there's also, there's no, there's no standards. Uh, you don't have to go through any kind of training, any kind of certifications, licenses, anything. So you can go from, you know, starting nowhere and very quickly having to, I think people under, started to understand that and see that and companies needed so many of us. And so what was really interesting is that I saw that training was the biggest thing that was lacking, um, that as I was always an external recruiter and I went through, I mean, I started recruiting when there were no internal recruiters. So then when internal recruiters starting to started to be hired again, there's no training. And so as an external recruiter, I am instead of working with the hiring managers, working with the internal recruiters. And so I think we saw a big time battle, quite, this is quite a few years ago, but a big time battle between internal and ex external, because we always thought each other was taking the other one's job. And then we realized, okay, um, internal recruiters are the external recruiters that couldn't hack it, you know, in contingency life. So again, it was like this, this uh, battle for over jobs for really no reason, because there's room for, for both of us. Um, and then I just started training people because when I, when I started, no one, no one trained me. Everyone's just like, we're going to figure it out. You, you know, it's, it's not that hard. It's just a numbers game. It was always just numbers, just a numbers game. And so I just found it to be really valuable to start training people and start teaching people. And um, that just became a huge passion of mine. And as I see now, what bothers me is the only way to get any kind of certification for recruiting is via HR. And I don't find HR to be a recruiting function. I think that we're two completely separate big beasts of industries. Um, you know, you're talking about people thinking, that recruiting is just a sales job so they can do it. Um, mm -hmm. And I know I, I talk to a lot of people who feel like they're just gonna move into recruiting you know, because they, they can do it. And so what do, you, what do you look for in people who wanna get into recruiting but have no experience? Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we wanna hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. 
As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Oh, that's that one's a hard one because if I had the true answer for that, <laughs> I'd be very rich. Uh, so in general, I think if I need to dissect it, uh, it has to come first with work ethic. Although I think that that's pretty much around the board, but I think you really get caught if you don't have a work ethic. Um, you have to be able to move really quickly. So during like the interview process, I like to throw out questions that will probably rattle them that they might not even have the answers for, and nor do I care about the answers. I care about how quickly they're able to think on their feet. Uh, also, what I look for is someone that is able to navigate a roller coaster. So because there's a lot of highs and there's a lot of lows. And I think lots of times, uh, depending on, of course, if you're internal or external, will depend on how much companies think that if a candidate doesn't accept an offer, then it's your fault. And I think that that's something that's really difficult too. And it also depends on if the recruiter is working on commission. So if I'm an external recruiter interviewing, I have to make sure that they're willing to roll with the punches. And if it's an internal recruiter, I'm going to make sure that they have the confidence inside them to talk to higher ups. Because what's interesting about recruiting is that you could be very junior in your career, yet your hiring manager can essentially be a C-suite. And that's a, a very difficult for quite a lot of people because, um, you know, lots of people have imposter syndrome or lots of people are just lack the confidence needed to talk to individuals higher up. So there's a couple of things that I look for. I just want to switch gears a little bit. And yeah. um, you've been in recruiting how many years? 14 years. Okay. So how has it changed during that yeah. period? Well, I can tell you that I haven't used job boards in probably about 12 years. I think that's a huge shift. Um, when I started, there was no LinkedIn recruiter. That is massive. That's pretty incredible. And I think we've seen a big switch in LinkedIn Recruiter as well. There's been some pretty amazing features added that makes all of our lives a lot easier. Um, but what's interesting is our respect still hasn't changed. Um, I think that we're starting to build that. And again, after COVID, I think our respect um, built up a bit, but there's still not standards. So that to me is pretty wild. Um, I've seen a lot of AI, uh, you know, now it's called RecTech brought into our field, all the different bots. And I used to be scared of them. I'm not scared of them anymore. There's a lot of jobs that, uh, that we have that a bot cannot fill. So yeah, it's, it's been really interesting to see. And I, and, I, and I also think that I've seen the change between candidate driven, company driven, and then a nice split. A split, I think, is, is the best part is to see. But that kind of spring swings back and forth, doesn't it? Oh yeah, that, that always swings back and forth. But I think it's been a candidate-driven market for quite a long time. And again, I know that COVID happened and I know that a lot of people were scared and out of jobs and all of those things, but that quickly changed, of course, depending on what industry you were in naturally. But um, that really changed and it's the candidate-driven has been, um, I think, the one that's had the most amount of years so far. So how about um, COVID? Did the pandemic impact the business significantly? Mine, yes, because of fear. But again, I think that that I'm in tech. So I think that only lasted for about three months. And then when I work with a lot of venture capitalists, 
companies. So if I'm more, if my clients, which a lot of them are, are in series A and series B, they weren't impacted as much. It was the larger organizations that seemed to be impacted because they already had their funding. They were already building their product. Their product still, you know, needs to go out. And so we, we didn't see a huge hit. I I'm telling you, like right now is I'm seeing the biggest hit that I've ever seen. Um, it's not a complete conversation with someone in talent acquisition if you don't talk about the great resignation. So mm. what are your thoughts about it? And, and do you think it'll have a long-term impact or is it just one of these cyclical things? Well... I actually, okay, so I, I think a couple of different things because <laughs> I'm also a business owner, right? So it's like, I hear, you know, all of these different talks about why people resign and stuff. Now, oh, luckily I have been a business person or a business owner that has always put my people first, but almost so it was, it's maybe like, it's like too much, you know, because then I stop, I stop and don't think about myself enough. But with the great resignation, I think that people just kind of woke up and decided, oh, wow. Maybe I do want all of these things. Maybe I deserve all of these things. However, with that said, I think people took it too far. I think uh, I call it diva, diva-esque, but I think that people turned into um, not understanding what it takes to actually run a business, not understanding the cost that comes behind it. They want all of these bells and whistles. And I get, I get the work-life balance. I think that's where it needed to like, not stop, but yes, you need work-life balance. Yes, you shouldn't have overworked yourself. Yes, you need to be with your kids. Yes, you need to take off the time in order to have mental health, your mental health days. I think all of that awareness is super powerful and really needed, but some of these other benefits, they're just, they're too expensive and they're not sustainable. And I, additionally, I think that's why we are seeing all of these layoffs is because the companies had to keep one up in each other and they had to keep the higher salaries and, and the high benefits. And I think that that is really, really difficult on companies. So I'm not sure if this is going to come or stay, or I, I think the work-life balance and remote stuff for sure is, but we're also seeing problems in that as well. And we're seeing the people whose work ethic isn't very strong, taking advantage of a lot of their teams and companies. And I still think we need to see course correction there. Um, but I, I think it's interesting to see um, you know, people taking charge of their own careers. I think that needs to happen. And I think the whole, you know, you're, you're going to stay with one company your entire life has changed a long time ago. So, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how all these people are quitting their jobs, not going to another one. And somehow, yeah. I don't know how they afford it. I don't know where everyone's getting the money. <laughs> like, in a, and then we're seeing the, and the real estate. And I'm just like, wow, this is just bonkers to me. Like, I don't know. I, I don't see how it's sustainable. Okay. Yeah. And I, I agree. I just, I really genuinely am flummoxed. Um, let's talk about technology for a bit. Um, it's been taking a greater and greater role in recruiting, mm -hmm. but is it being used the right way or do you, you know, are, are the right tools being developed? Are they being applied by recruiters the right way? Mm, I love this. No, I, I don't think so. I, I definitely think there are a couple of really great products out there. I've demoed tons and tons and tons. I've tried to implement tons and tons. Uh, here's, here's the thing is that if someone, if a recruiter is liking their one tool that they've gotten tons of results with, the likelihood of them actually switching and adopting a new one is pretty slim unless it's absolutely required. And there's an adoption program, um, which I don't think exists a lot. Sometimes it's like, if it's not, if it's not broke, why are we fixing it? 
I think that a lot of these products are being built by people that are not recruiters that are just shadowing recruiters or see problems in recruiting, but no one decided to bring a recruiter on. And I think that that's a giant problem because there's, again, not lots of tons of bells and whistles on all of these products. And they're not thinking about that people in hiring is still very much a people job. And that the farther away we get from it, the more problems we have. I also think that there are uh, some products that are being built that want to completely take out human interaction, that want to put it more on the candidate. Well, guess what? If it's a candidate-driven market, which it tends to be, then they're not going to go through all those hoops. Like they just want to be put in, in front of the line to the hiring managers. And if the hiring manager has to do more work in order to get that person in front of the line, then they're not going to do it either. So I think that we have people building tools that are either not hiring managers or they haven't done the hiring manager function well. And they're not recruiters. So I think that is, is a huge issue. Um, I only personally have seen a couple of tools do it right. Brianna, thanks so much for being here and answering my questions. Yeah, absolutely. Anything. I love this space. My guest today has been Brianna Rooney, the CEO of Thriversity and Talent Perch. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcasts.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcm technologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter Podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.